Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast, season two, episode one. I am your host, Digsies, and we are back for the new season, and we are joined by my friend, Jake. Jake, how's it going? This is wonderful. So glad to be on the, on the show with you, Digsy. This is going to be a heck of a season. We've waited a long time. We've suffered through the cold winter and all the not very much news you know, happening or whatnot, and I'm just excited to get things started, you know? Definitely, especially the past few days with all the announcements about the teams and everything. And there's a few announcements that we'll get to. Obviously, everybody knows that they came up with the big deal with the CW. Uh, We got the team announcements plus the schedule announcements. But honestly, what I want to get to right off the bat, let's just get straight to these teams, man, especially the announcement today, which we're recording this Monday night at 830 Eastern Time. The latest announcement that just came out about a half hour ago was the Range Goats. What a squad did Bubba put together? This is easily one of the biggest sleeper squads. I think I I, I was not expecting it. You know, when the news was coming out about Taylor Gooch, about he might be going, he might not be going. And then to see it actually happen, it was so surprising. We knew Bubba was going to be back. You know, finally had the ACL repair, finally had all the, uh, uh, you know, all the time to rehab and be taken care of. But we were expecting a, a different player than the fourth player, weren't we? Yeah. Thomas Peters, man. Like, I, I can't believe they got him, the Belgian bomber. I love him. I, I went to the 2016 Ryder Cup at Hazeltine, and um, he, he played with Rory all week, and he was a stud. And he's currently 34th in the world. And, um, yeah, I think it's a great get for them. And I knew Gooch would be there, um, but you know now uh, I'm I'm pumped for this team. This team, uh, assuming that Bubba is playing at full health, and that's going to be kind of the big question mark with him because we we, we actually we know he's rehabbing, we know he's done it, we've we've seen him play in a tournament. Um, and uh, do I expect him to come out first week and and, and win a tournament? I, I don't. But this team, when fully firing is so much better than the 2022 version of the Niblix. You know, this is, this yeah. is not the Niblix. This is the Range Goats. And that was a horrible team name as well. And honestly, with the color, I don't know if it's pink or magenta. I'm a little colorblind, so I can't really tell you exactly what that color is. Maybe you can. But I think, especially once the merch starts coming out, there's going to be a lot of pink and magenta out on the loop golf courses. Oh, yeah. And the coolest thing is that, that there's nobody else currently occupying a similar color scheme. Not right? at all. Yeah. You know, we have a Torque rocking, you know, the, the, the kind of teal cyan colors. Um, we have, you know, several greens, several dark blues, several yep. reds. The aces, are, the aces are rocking the Yankees colors, navy and yeah. white. Yeah, that was a huge change. I was surprised Dustin Johnson forfeited the reds. Yeah, but you know what? When you when you look at Dustin Johnson, every time he plays, he's always wearing navy, you know, navy and white. So, and, and it's more clean than the red that they had. You know, I like that. But you know, speaking of the aces, let's let's go right into them. Uh, they made the trade. Uh, I was Uline was with the Niblix next last year. He was with Smash GC. If you remember, he was actually a uh, he was actually a touring roommate with uh, Brooks Kepka back whenever both of them were on the on the. Uh, the uh, under tour for the European tour, whatever that's called. Again, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. It's like something S. Um, but they were teammates. Or, sorry, not teammates, but roommates on that tour for gotcha. a long time. And yeah, because so, I know they yeah. took away Gooch, and I knew I knew Bubba was getting Gooch, but I felt like somebody was going to them. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know where. Um, oh, oh Swafa got hurt. He had, he's injured yes. now. That's yeah, what it was. That yeah. was the big news from today. Is yeah. that you know um, he had kept that news quiet forever, and. Um, my heart goes out to him. 
this explains a lot of why Swafford's been playing under expectations for quite a while. Um, you know, it's, he said in a tweet on his Instagram that it had been a long time thing. Like he's been aware of it and talking with his, uh, physicians about this. And I hope him the best. I'm glad the Niblick, sorry, that, that, that the range goats have him on their roster still. Yeah. Um, and I hope he gets healthy. And honestly, I, I know we're going a little off the, on a tangent, but I'll be interested to see is Bub or a hundred percent ready to play this week? Because you know, if not, are they going to have, you know, what happens if Bubba tweaks something this week? They're going to have to have, they definitely have some guys on standby because similar to what happened last season when Stenson wasn't able to go, they had a fill-in. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure Liv has, you know, a contract with at least four to five golfers that will fill in. Plus, not to mention, you got golfers that they can just call up and say, hey, do you want a chance to make this money? You know, not a lot of golfers, especially on the, you know, uh, Asian tour are going to say no. To that, Absolutely. To that payday. Absolutely. But back to the aces. Uh, Dustin Johnson, two-time major winner, 29 pro wins. Patrick Reed, Masters champion. You got Pat Perez, 20-year vet on the PGA Tour. You know he'll bring you know, the swagger. And uh, Peter Uline never won on the PGA Tour, one Euro win. Um, this will, at a first look, this is going to seem like the team got weaker. But I promise you this team is stronger this year. Uh, Patrick Reed's coming off of a two off of a fall winter where he had two top ten finishes on the DP World Tour. Um, he's playing really good golf when he gets out there. But then also Uline. Uline finished. Remember, he finished third in the Order of Merit on Live last season, despite not winning an event. Which, if you understand how the point systems work for for for, for Live, to not to be there without winning an event is insane. Um, he will win an event this year, I believe. I believe it. Plus, he'll enjoy the taste of gloves the whole way through. If you guys don't know, he likes to um, chew on his gloves while he's getting ready, ready for shots. Well, even even the one-two punch of DJ and Reed, you know, they have enough to carry a team. And when you look at some of these teams, you know, like we'll get to later, like the Cliques or Ironheads or, you know, even the High Flyers, Phil totally let a lot of people down. You know, oh, yeah. when, when you get to these teams, you know, like DJ and Reed, they'll be able to carry the load. I, I believe that full, full, full out. Um, I believe if we look back at last year's scoring average, uh, Dustin Johnson finished second only to Waco Neiman, but Waco didn't play a full season. Uh-huh. And Dustin, I have no reason to believe that his prowess is down. He's coming for blood. Yeah. I smell and, it. And honestly, when Dustin is in form, he's a top five player in the world. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care who else is in form. When Dustin's in form, easily a top five player in the world. Now, the second team that was announced, the Majestics, you know, the, the elder statesman of the game over in the UK and I Europe. Yep. Henrik Stenson, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and Sam Horsfield, who's 26 years old which brings their average age down to 47 when you add in. Actually, no, they have an average age of 47 with Stenson, Poulter, Westwood, Horsefield's 26. He'll bring that average age down. Give them a little young blood. You know, it's important to have at least one guy that's up up and coming or can be a long-term prospect for these rosters. We we understand that the, that the, uh, the team's... The captains have like an ownership stake. Uh, we don't know exactly what that split looks like, but it's really cool to see the Majestics have two things that I love about them. One, they have a triad of legendary players that are still have good game, and all three of those guys a- any week can surprise you. 
And then more importantly, they actually really have gone full in on the social media game. And I love that a lot. You look at the Aces social media, they, they have like one tweet from like January. But the Majestics, you see a lot of tweets and a lot of videos. And they were, they, I think they were the first team that really went with the branding on social media, like really like put their, you know, put their head into the game. Well, even that, they were the first uh, people to actually try to release merch. Uh, and even if they didn't actually release it to the public, they were testing it. Like yeah. Ian Poulter had Majestic socks last season. Yeah. And, and he had a polo too, you know, yeah. like, like they were, you know, they, you know, they're, they're small businessmen, especially, you know, Poulter and, you know, he's close with Westwood and, you know, like Stenson can get hot, Poulter can get hot with the putter. You know, I don't think they're going to be, you know, world burners like four aces were last year, but they could win on any given week. I honestly feel like. Absolutely. This is a, this is not a team that's going to go out there and like you said, they're not going to go burn barns. But this team will never finish below eighth place in the team rankings. Yep, I could definitely see that. Now, moving on, Smash. We got the Kepka brothers, Brooks Kepka, Chase Kepka. We got Matthew Wolf, a young rising star, and Jason Kokrak, who can absolutely, you know, hit bombs. And, and, you know, honestly, when Brooks is on, Brooks is on, four time major winner. And I'm going to let you. Speak about what you like about this team, and then I want to make a small point about Brooks. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast right now is a golf fan, obviously. Definitely watched the Full Swing episodes that came out on Netflix. I, I noticed something on there that i like to say after you give your point on Smash. Smash, in my opinion, they're, they're, a, they're a team that we saw glimpses of them being able to be a top performer last year with Uline. Remember, they had the exact same roster except Matthew, except Peter Uline instead of Matthew Wolf. Um, they rocked it out in Jeddah. They really did. And this team, I think, is very balanced. Matthew Wolf, he's really going to be kind of the linchpin question mark of, of, of what actually happens here with this team. Yeah, he's streaky. He's streaky. He's somebody whom, you know, he can shoot seven under, lights out, hit an ace, or he can also go seven over and break his putter on the 13th hole. Uh, we don't know. You know, he, he did that last year. He broke it. He broke his putter and had to putt, I believe, like five holes with his with his wedge. I think he went two under par though with his wedge as a putter. So I don't know. Yeah, interesting. But I, honestly, I feel like Wolf, like when he's on, I think that's an upgrade from Uline. I, I don't. You might feel differently, but I feel like when he's on, it is an upgrade. And um, you know, like I said, Brooks, like he did have the injury bug the beginning of last year, and we saw he had that you know, win late on in the live season. But what I wanted to say is watching the Netflix documentary Full Swing, I honestly truly believe that if, if Brooks Kepka never got the in- injury bug, as he said in the documentary, I don't think that he would have joined Liv. You know, he, he's an alpha dog, he's dominant, but once he saw that all could come to an end so quickly with both knee injuries, the hip, you know, he opted for security and he opted to take the bag. And you hear him say in the documentary that he lost confidence. He needs to figure it out before it gets too late. Plus, he had the wedding with Jenna going on and whatnot. I, I just think that he got to a point and was like, I won four majors. Let me take the money. Maybe I'll win one more U.S. Open, one more PGA championship because he's exempt there. And I'll be remembered as one of the greats because there's only 19 other golfers who have won five or more, and only two have done it in the century, Tiger and Phil. And if you take away pre-World War II golf, 
Hagen, Jones, Varden, Sarazen, etc. Only 12 have done that. Jack, Tiger, Hogan, Player, Watson, Sneed, Palmer, Trevino, Faldo, Phil, Nelson, Thompson, Seve. So, you know, if Brooks just gets one by playing the U.S. Open PGA Championship, I think he still might be exempt into the others this year, maybe another year after that. You know, that that's a great class to be a part of. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, his situation made sense. I mean, understand, Liv did exactly what they needed to do in order to get him interested. Hey, we're going to take care of you and your brother. You know, remember, his brother was a struggling pro on the on the under tour for uh, for the European tour. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're equivalent of the Corn Fairy tour. I Is keep that forgetting Sunshine? Sunshine? No, Sunshine's the uh, the South African tour. Got it. Um, there is a there is a, like a it's like an S name for it, but mm-hmm. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head. But they took care of Chase. They said, "Hey, man, we got you." And he he, that, I think that win last year was huge for his overall mental confidence. And that 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 win was in Jeddah, right? That was the yes, the, yeah, the final event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like Smash. Um, I, I think they could be a top team. Like I like I, I was figuring out these tiers, and I saw somebody else tweeted it on Twitter. They pretty much had the same thing um, as mine, except we had I had uh, they had fireballs in the top five, where I have smash in the top five over fireballs. Um, but smash aces, range goats, and the other two teams we'll get to. I think there's there's a clear top five, six teams, and the t- from tier one to tier two, there's not that big of a difference, where going down to tier three, when you got the cliques, the Ironheads, and the High Flyers, like, they're way down, you know? Absolutely. Those teams are still missing an identity at I times. still can't believe that Phil didn't get a big star to come over to play with him. I, I was expecting him to get a big star, you know? like we- Even Thomas Peters, I thought Thomas Peters would fit into the High Flyers, but like I said, we had Alan Shipnuck on the podcast last year uh, to talk about the book he wrote, Phil, um, and he's a polarizing figure, but either you love him or you hate him, there's really nothing in between. It, it's tough to recruit in, the, in, in this current climate, and so, Definitely. you know, I, I think part of it is, do you want to go play for Phil? But then there's also the question of, do you want to go and experience what a lot of the other players have gone through, which is, hey, they post a video of of their dog or of their children, and they're getting 50 comments about, you know, you know, mean, mean stuff, like, yep. like very mean stuff. Like, yep. this is my kid, not, not like, how are you bringing that into that? I know. And so even me, I, I, you know, like I post stuff about live and, and I've been the first to say, like, if you look at my tweets, I'll say it like, I don't hate the PGA tour. I, I like live, but I'm still watching PGA tour golf. Like it's more entertainment for me. Like, I don't understand like why you need to have a stance of, you know, like it's either one or the other, but it's like anything else in this country. Like we're divided with everything we do. Um, but you know, like I said, with, with, uh, someone sent, uh, posted on one of my tweets today and said, how much money are they paying you across the pond, uh, to tweet this stuff? And I, I posted one of those, uh, gifts of, uh, What's his name from uh, Austin Powers, Doctor Doctor Evil, saying one <laughs> one million dollars? You know, like some people could be so stupid. You know, and it's like people don't understand that we actually have a love for the game, yeah. right? And uh, here's my thing: um, if you if you're a fan of steak, right? Which this is probably the best way I can explain it. If you if you love a good steak, and someone came along and said, "Hey, I know that you want to have a ribeye." But can I also give you a strip also on the same week? 
I'm going to probably say, yeah. Of course. Yep. And that's, that's what we get with live. We get the opportunity to experience a different kind of steak. Yep. Or if it's like you, you, you love burgers and you, you always eat McDonald's and someone says, here, try this uh, free Wendy's, you know, or Burger King Whopper, you know, what are you mm. going to say? No, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But back to the teams, talk. The young Latin studs, you got uh, Jaco Neiman, 24 years old from Chile. He's also joined by Mito Pereira, also from Chile, 27 years old. They got the amateur that just turned pro, David Twig, 21 years old from Spain. And the elder man of the team, who's only 30 years old, from Colombia, Sebastian Munoz. And the team, the average age of this team is 25. And when you look at that versus the Majestics, some, I would say probably three of the Majestics, can be Puig's fault. <laughs> Watch you secretly find out during the, during the season that... It was Sergio. He's, yeah. he's from Spain. It was Sergio, father to child, David Puig. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to start that rumor. <laughs> no, but um, look, it's, it's, this is a great, a great setup for Liv. They got a, a young core with this team. And it's a young core of talent from a region of the world that's underrepresented in, in professional golf. And I love this. I yep. really do. A few teams did this. And like, obviously, they're not from the same country, like Ripper or Stinger. But, you know, a few teams did this. The Fireballs did this. Torque did this. Even the Majestics did this, and and well, even the Aces. Aces are all American guys, you know. So it's 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 great to see, and and like, you know, once we get to Ripper, we'll get to them soon. Like Australia, like they have an actual team. Like they don't have to just wait for the Presidents Cup every two years to happen. They have a team they can get behind. You know, South Africa has a team to get behind with, with Sting. Absolutely, and it sounds it sounds silly at times to think this is actually important, but it is because it's an identity pusher. It's something that you yourself can root for. You can root for your heroes, and if you don't think that that there's hundreds and thousands of kids in Australia right now who are who are roaring it up and excited to be rippers whenever the the uh, the, the live comes later this year for their Adelaide event, yeah. You don't understand. They're excited about this. They have their guy. They yep. have Cam Smith. Yep. And honestly, about that Adelaide event, I saw something this week that they already sold out 60,000 tickets, and they're trying to figure out a way to release more tickets because people just gobbled them up once they went on sale. So people across the world can say, no one cares about Liv. The proof is in the pudding right there. Yeah. And I understand Liv is targeting a lot of opportunistic places that I, I think are great because they're areas that the PGA Tour has in general abandoned. Yep. And that's smart, that's smart business, but it's also just helping grow the game in different places. Yeah. And speaking about that, our next team, we'll just skip one so we can keep with the trend. The Crushers, Bryson DeSambo, Paul Casey, Charles Howell III, and Anabar Lahiri. Speaking about markets that don't get touched. He's from India. That's one of the biggest markets in the world. Millions and millions of people there. And that was a great move by Liv to get him to come over. And um, that's a pretty good team, the Crushers. The Crushers have a very well-rounded opportunity here. Bryson DeChambeau, in my opinion, is the worst player on their team. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's a great player. That's a U.S. Open champion. This is a guy who takes his mental game so seriously as far as figuring out every little number. I love this team because you gotta understand Charles Howell, the third is one of the most consistent players of the last 20 years. Yep. 
I've never seen that man shoot higher than 75 in his career. And I, I mean, I, he probably has, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The guy he is- made over 90 top tens on the PGA Tour. Yeah. $40 so million, dollars and he's only won over $40 million. He only won three times on tour. Yeah. So he's, he's somebody who, he's, he, exactly. He was always in the top 10. Um, he was, he was one of those guys who became famous without being famous. And I loved him for that. Paul Casey is another one that's just like him, but a little bit lower score. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this last season, but there were several times where Paul Casey just snuck up and was on the top of the leaderboard or near it. And you never saw a shot of his because he's just so quiet. Yeah. He's done that in majors in past two, you know? Yeah. And he's won 15 times on the European tour, three times on the PGA tour. And like you said, you know, they're a solid team. And if Bryson gets back to that, you know, like I know he, you know, changed his diet. He's starting to lose some of that muscle mass to get back to the player he was. You know, he doesn't need to overpower the courses like he tried to do. If he gets back to that player, they're going to be good. Oh, absolutely. This is a team that if they're not challenging for first place every single week. um, Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. Now, speaking, we'll go back to the other team that was announced. The Cleeks is going to be one of the worst teams. And, and I feel bad for them because I like GMAC. I like Martin Kaima, who's the captain. But they got 50-year-old Richard Bland. Uh, he had a recent resurgence. He won the British Masters in 2021. And you got Wiesberger, 37-year-old Austrian. He has eight-year-old tour wins. And wasn't Wiesberger on a different team last year? Yes, he's on the high flyers last yeah, year. I feel bad for him. He, he, he would have been better off with Phil because I, I feel like the cliques, you know, and like Martin Kaiman could turn it on for one week, but he's not consistent anymore. His biggest problem is the health. This is a team that uh, now um, every single team is supposedly, at least what the talk was, is they're going to have their own um, specific substitute, like their own team specific substitute, like a fifth man. Um, and this is a team that I fully expect to be utilizing it. Martin Keimer um, had to sit out a couple of uh, rounds and, you know, he was, when he did play, he wasn't always the healthiest. Um, this is a guy that, you know, it's sad because of how dominant he was when he first busted on the scene as a 20 year old, but he's still young in, in, in golf world. He's still young. He's still in his thirties. Yeah. And it's weird. It's it, it really he's 38, is right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so weird to think about. Um, that he, uh, again, he's the most questionable player on their team as far as, will he be there every week? Um, yeah. Blanzy is actually their best player. He's been very consistent. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a scary place to be where, you're, where you have a 50-year-old um, as your best player. Yeah, it is a very scary place to be. And, um, you know, I, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't see them doing much. Like, I, I don't think they have any shot to compete for the team event throughout the year. Maybe one of the guys win one tournament out of the fourteen, you know, maybe a top three or what have you. But I don't, I, I don't expect much out of right. the cliques. Anybody can have a week, exactly. Right? But a season is a season. Yep, exactly on point. Now the next team, the Fireballs, Sergio Garcia, Masters champion. He's the captain. We all know he's he's in the twilight of his career, but he can be fiery. So Fireballs is a perfect team name for him. Uh, you got Abraham Answer, a young Mexican. He'll be showing out this week at his home. I don't know if it's his home course, but his home country, Mayacoba. Uh, Carlos Ortiz, another youngster from Mexico. Uh, him and Answer are both thirty-one. They're just about to get in their prime. They're in their prime, and then 
one of the top amateurs last year from Spain, Eugenio, uh, Eugenio Chikara. Uh, he was number two in the world before signing with Liv. He's only 22 years old. He has a ton of game, and it'll be very exciting to watch him grow. And this is going to be a fun team to watch. You know, compared to the cliques, like I said, the cliques, you ain't going to see them anywhere. The fireballs, they could make some serious noise this year. Uh, absolutely. Um, every, this is a team that any one of those four could win any week. I'm being serious when I say that. Yeah. Eugenio Kachar, if you remember, won the Bangkok event last year. Yep. Um, it's kind of a weird win because Brandon Grace, uh, he tore an abdominal muscle in that week, and he was actually leading the tournament when he, t- when he tore it. Um, so Eugenio Kachara benefited and ended up winning that event. He played great golf that week. Um, but any of those four, Sergio, if you remember, once they, once they let him play in shorts, he started playing really good. <laughs> and we all know he wanted to come here. We saw what happened last year on the PGA Tour when he said, I can't wait to leave this place. Oh, yeah. He was angry. He was pissed. He wanted out. Yep. Now he could just be himself. He has his teammates, you know, win a couple of times, make a boatload of money. He's happy. Now, on to the all Aussie team. I love this team. And honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy watching them. Ripper, golf, golf club. You got Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, Matt Jones, and the youngster, Jed Morgan. Cam Smith, he's a top three player, top five player in the world right now as we speak, even though you know, the official World Golf Rankings won't say it for now, which mm-hmm. I truly believe that will be fixed. Um, I like Ripper. And like I said before, and we talked about before, they're going to have a whole country behind them. Oh, yeah. And this, this team is one through four a lot more solid than you might think. I mean, and when I say you, I mean talking about you guys, the listener, if you're not 100% dialed into what happens in golf. Jed Morgan is not a slouch. Yep. This is a guy that most of us may have not been too familiar with going into last season, but this is a guy who's won on the Aussie Tour. You know, he won his way up up to into uh, being considered for Live, and you know, this is a this is a guy who is way more solid than you might think. He jumped around teams last season, but he was there. He was helping Torque make uh, make make waves. And real talk. Him being the fourth man is a huge improvement over Wade Ormsby. I'm so sorry, Wade. You get, you know that you're a great golfer, but Jed's been a little bit more consistent. Yeah, and Mark Leishman, man, like he he never oh, yeah. won a major, but he was banging at the door a lot of times. And the way that he can flight his irons, like you know, they start playing, you know, some windy courses. He's a great ball striker, man. I love Mark Leishman. Yeah, he's just he's one of those guys who doesn't give up. Yep, and that's what you need. Now, on to the high flyers, Phil Mickelson's team. Like I said, everybody seems to be let down here. You know, obviously, Phil, six-time major champ. He lost Wolf, Wiesberger. They brought over Brendan Steele, 39 years old. He's a veteran presence, but he only won three times on tour. Last time was six years ago at the 2017 Safeway Open. Uh, Cameron Tringali, decent player, but he's 35, only won once in 2014. And it was the Franklin Templeton shootout with, uh, I believe, Jason Day. So, you know, that doesn't really count in my eyes. And then you got James, is it Piat or Piat? It's Piat. Piat, 24 years old. Uh, he doesn't really fit with the rest of the squad. Um, you know, he's the youngster, but he's a former amateur champion. I feel like he's the best guy they got. As far as potential, um, if you look at last year's, um, at last season, uh, you know, Piot, his first like, four or five events were rough. But if you look at, back at Bangkok, if you look back at Jeddah, the homeboy was was trending in the right direction. Now, 
He did have a fallout with with Harold Barner III and how he behaved during the Miami event whenever mm-hmm. he kind of gave up against Peter Uline in the singles play. But, and I'm telling you this, but the kid, the kid has game. He's young. And he's he's going to have an opportunity to learn from some elder statesmen here, some guys who have been grinding for a long time. All right. And I understand Brandon Steele and Cameron Trangala, they may not be you know winners like as far as guys who have won multiple, multiple events, but they've kept their PGA Tour card for over 10 years. Yeah. And that alone is an accomplishment. That could help in the team format, you know, like they, yeah. they could be consistent. So, yeah, I, and honestly, when I'm looking at this team, I really do think that somewhere along the line, like maybe Phil's waiting for somebody. Maybe there's somebody else on the PGA Tour right now that wants to come but isn't. <laughs> You know, a hundred percent ready to come. You know, you know he has the relationship with John Rom. Rom would be stupid to make a move right now. He's already made what nine million this year, and it's February um, on the PGA Tour. Um, but you know, maybe someone like a Cantlay or someone like Ricky Fowler. Maybe Ricky Fowler's like, well, I'm going to give it one more year on the PGA Tour. Let me see what I can do. Get my game back on track. If not, I'll come over in 2024. So I, I think. The high fly is the rust the way it is now. I'm sure we'll see that the rest of the year. But moving forward, I, I could see Phil bringing like if, if they they go and sign one more big name, they have to go to the high flyers. I think you're absolutely right. It's it's um, there's a lot of opportunity present, and um, again, uh, we saw Munoz and Mito, who were both players that wanted to join. But they waited until after President's Cup. And it may be a situation like that where we have people that are waiting until after Ryder Cup. Yep. Definitely. Because people want to, you know, like Ricky Fowler, he, he probably feels like this is his last chance, you know, to make a Ryder Cup team. Moving on, the Ironheads, I feel like they're also on the bottom three. One of the worst teams, Kevin Na. Uh, you got Scott Vincent, who made his way on to live by winning the Asian Tour International Series Order of Merit. Um, you got Siwon Kim, who is a good young player, but then you have Danny Lee, who hasn't won in forever and is always hurt. I don't understand why, you know, there was other options. I don't understand why they went with Danny Lee. You know, Danny Lee is an interesting pick. Obviously, they're trying to get more name value into the Iron Heads and create an identity, right? Um, if you look at international markets, and I hate doing it like this, but let's be real. Um, international markets, the one major market that they don't have represented is the, is the Asian market. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not, uh, there wasn't, you know, they, they tried having a Japanese team at the beginning of last season. Um, but then something happened with the Japanese tour and all of those guys left after like the third event. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't have really anyone like special, special, but yeah. they had some, they had some guys and it was, you know, interesting. But it's not like they had Matsuyama coming over here or correct. Sanjay M or even Tomkin. Right, right. Um, Danny Lee is a player. He's a guy who's, who's had a long career. Um, and he's, you know, I understand the idea for him. It's good for Danny Lee. Is it good for Liv? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Because he, he can't stay healthy. And who was the, uh, the guy that was the young kid that was on the team last year that... Um, was playing great. I forget his name. Well, they had two. Uh, they had the two Thailand boys, which was uh, Prachara Kamakmai and yeah. um, Saddam Kankajana. Yeah, that, that's it. The second one. Yeah, and then the other guy, Kankajamai, he was um, he, he was trying to, he won a few Asian tour events and that got him on the tour, correct? Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I was, I was kind of curious going into this season if we were going to see um, 
then just go full on in on uh, Thailand and you know realign and make like a like a Thailand team. You know, yeah. find a way to pay Tong J- Tong Chai JD a bunch of money, pick up Jazz Jonathan Dai, and um, you know have a four man Thailand team and really just go all in on that. Yeah, but, and um, honestly, that there there has been talk, and on, I don't think they're going to stay at twelve team forever. I feel like they're going to like if a big sponsor. Come, Let's say Shrixon comes on and say, we got Matsuyama, we want to bring in a new team. And, and Shrixon's going to, you know, front the bill like they were supposedly going to front the bill to get Matsuyama over here, or at least ever the bill. They're going to say, you know what, screw the format, let's go to a 13 team. Like, uh, I could see a 13th or 14th team somewhere in the future. Oh, well, in the near future, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest ways that you can tell the success of a league and, and any type of sport is whether or not you can purchase expansion rights. Yep. Um, that's where you start seeing the valuation of a team grow, right? We, we, don't, we didn't really see the valuation of uh, like the Dodgers or the Cowboys, or the Dallas Cowboys and, and NFL become big until you could actually purchase ex- expansion slots because then it puts a dollar value upon these teams. And yeah, I think at some point you're going to see sale of teams um, or expansion. Yep. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're definitely, I, I heard that they're going to be announcing a big sponsor um, this weekend when you know they kick off the first event at Mayakoba. And it'll be interesting to see who that is. Uh, very curious. Very curious. Yeah. Now on to the uh, South African team, Stinger. I like this team. They're, they're low-key, but... They got guys that can completely just ball out and play. Uh, Louis Usheisen, Charles Swartzel, Brandon Grace, and the new signing, Dean Burmeister, uh, who I don't know m- much about, but I heard that he's just like a ball-striking genius. You know, he's on the DP World Tour, and he's one of those guys whom he is currently a top 50 player at this moment. Um, he has he is one of those guys who his stock has gone up quite a bit simply because of the exodus, the live exodus. Uh, we saw a lot of players, you know, get pulled back in rankings, and his ranking did shoot up because he kept playing. Um, he's a good young, uh, you know, younger talent. Um, he brings uh, a lot of he brings more stability to that fourth slot for Stinger. That was Stinger's fallout last year. They didn't have a consistent fourth man, and we saw that become a real problem whenever uh, Brandon Grace tore his, uh, had an abdominal tear in, in Bangkok. Because they only could play with three with three guys the rest of the tournament, and Sean Norris was was shooting plus seven both days. Yeah, so and so what you know, Swartzel proved last year that he can still win because he won an event. Did he? He won the first event, didn't he? Yes, he did. He won yeah. the inaugural event at um, at London. Yeah, and then Brendan Grace won in won in Portland. Yeah, yeah. Stinger was up there until the aces started to run away with it. Absolutely. And then uh, the last team we touched on, Range Goats, Bubba Watson, Taylor Gooch, Harold Vaughn of the third, and Thomas Peters. Thomas Peters is a huge get for Lib, 34th in the world, Belgian bomber. Gooch was top 50 in the world before the rankings. I don't know if he's still in there. All of them, every single one of them is. Bubba's a top 10 player when he's on, and Gooch, Vaughn, and Peters are all top 50 players in the world when you know, they're being acknowledged for their game. You know, this is a team that. Most improved goes to them Definitely. easily, easily. You know, this, this is a team that last season couldn't compete um, for a multitude of reasons. And we, we, we are going to see some competition out of, out of the range goes this season. Yeah. Now, if you had to rank your top three teams right now where we stand, who would your top three be? 
as of this moment right now for yeah. the for the season. We're, we're ranking for the season. For the entire season. Um, I'm, I'm going with the uh, with the aces, the range goats, and the fireballs. Okay. All right. And I'm, I'm, I agree with you with the aces and the range goats, but I'm also going to throw Ripper in there because when Cam Smith gets hot, you know, he can carry that team. And um, I think Ripper is going to make some noise. I think, hey, there's the difference between teams one through nine, I think, is very minimal. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then you got the cliques, the high flyers, and the iron heads down at the bottom. But, you know, Phil's been talking a lot of smack on Twitter about getting his game in form. But the thing is, are we going to see Phil that's dedicated and motivated and actually wants to win? Or we're we just going to see the Phil that's going to be there to, quote unquote, grow the game? I'm, I'm curious because I'm not. Patrick Harrington and Phil are at similar stages in their life and career, right? They're both over 50. They're both legendary players. They both have won them, you know, everywhere. Patrick Harrington, we see constantly him posting his, his swing training. We see him constantly taking ice baths. We see the guy taking care of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil, um, I, haven't, I, I see a lot of smack talk. but yeah. um, Well, he, he, he's been taking care of his body lately. He lost a ton of weight. You know, right. he's on that whole coffee cleanse and, and what have you. So he's doing that. But we don't, you know, do we see him posting videos like Patrick Harrington? I watch his videos and take tip from him, tips from him all the time. Yeah. I, I love his videos, but we don't really see, you know, like we would see the funny things like far side Phil chats and, right. you know, like you said, talking smack, this and that. But we haven't seen him really putting in the work. Well, um, and, but, and, you know, Padraig, Padraig is longer off the tee box now than he ever was in his career. Insane. It is insane. You got your fifth. Yeah. Yep. These players that are getting better with the age, like look at Bernon Lango, what he did this weekend. You know, he's like seriously. He's just he's a machine. It's insane. But you know, I I really feel like last year was a trial run. You know, mm-hmm. it did yeah. well. You know, like it. it I would say it, I don't know if it exceeded expectations or it just hit expectations. But this year, I really feel like Liv is going to blow it out of the water, especially with now that they have the TV deal. You know, you could be sitting that the worst thing was when Liv was going up against the PGA Tour, you know, granted, you could be streaming Liv on your phone or your iPad and then have PGA on the TV. But, you know, when you get to the older crowd, they just want to be able to flip the channels. You know, they want to be able to go from CW to CBS or NBC and back. And I, I feel like Liv will get more viewers now, especially the older viewer, when they don't have to go to an app. Absolutely. Um, not only that, but it's survived the first season. Yes. And then that's a big thing. You got to understand sometimes people, especially like myself, like I'm always apprehensive on a, on a show's first season to really just buy into it. Right. Uh, I want to make sure there's actually something to buy into. And when a show reaches that second season, which is what a sports league is, yeah, it gets more easier for me to invest into it because i feel like it's going to be around yeah and everybody like the the live haters made fun of oh you got the cw network but you know what at the end of the day cw is like one of the top four or five you know networks around you know behind you know cbs nbc abc and you know they're owned by you know warner brothers uh, paramount global so they got big backing and honestly the fact that they're on television and the app the cw app is free so anybody could download the app and watch the golf there and i'm not sure what's going on i know a lot of the international uh fans were upset because they haven't really gave them guidance on how they can watch um but i don't know if the cw app is available in, in international countries but 
I'm sure they'll also have it on YouTube or at least have the after round highlights on YouTube or replays on YouTube, what have you. Have you heard anything? I haven't heard anything specific. Um, I'll, I'll check in with my Australian friends later tonight, but there's there's definitely options. Now, for those of you out there, um, the first round of every single live event is on will the only app. be on the app. Yeah. Yes. So just be mindful of that. Yeah. But for the you know casual fans, Saturday and Sunday is really when it ramps up. Absolutely. So that will, when it'll be on the CW. And a lot of these casual fans that you know maybe didn't watch last year, you know, they're going to be interested to see, you know, the shotgun start. I love that so much because you can literally sit down and the whole round's over in four or five hours. You know, Not only that, it's the most fair. It's yeah. the most fair. See, one of the things that I always hate about the PGA Tour, and granted, when I say hate, it's it's not hate. It's, it's just, just like a thorn in your side. That's right. You. Yeah. It's, it's that you got the first two days or even three days in some events, especially these early year events, you have... Guys teeing off eight hours apart. Yeah, it's the luck of a draw, whether you're going to get morning, afternoon, or afternoon, morning. And great, and I know that they switch them around the very next day, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's not quite fair. Yeah. Um, because golf in the morning, very different world than golf in the afternoon. Yep, and a st- like we saw it plenty of times at the Open Championship when a storm will come through and ravage people in the morning or the afternoon, and they just got a horrible draw. Absolutely. And you go from being able to contend that week to being able to just, you know, you're just trying to hit a par. Exactly. So the first event starts this weekend on Friday, February 24th, Mayakoba. Um, El, what, what, El what was the name of the horse? El Camaleon. Like El Camaleon. Yeah, yeah, like I think it's what it sounds but it's supposed to be like. Uh, I'm sorry, my Spanish is a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even want to try to try to pronounce that, especially with my New York accent. Um, but it's a course we all know. The PGA Tour has been there almost every year for the past at least 10 years, or at least I, I remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a big get for Liv to pry that away from the PGA Tour. Yeah, well, you know, the PGA, um, you know, they've been neglecting a lot of their, a lot of their venues that they, uh, and, and what have you. And this is one of those that just decided, hey, we're, we're going somewhere else. And um, I've, I don't know the all ins and outs of, of how that worked out, but it's a great get for Liv because this is a course that the players on Liv have a lot of experience on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, um, there are several players on the Liv roster that I expect to do very well this week that might not be perennial week in, week out contenders. Let's hear them. So. Understand this right now. Carlos Ortiz has in the last three playings of this, sorry, last four playings of this event, two runner-up finishes. Carlos Ortiz. Okay. So he and and he's also got several other top ten finishes. This guy is going to finish good this week. Um, this is a course that he knows very well. Pat Perez, one of his few wins on the PGA Tour was at this course. Graham McDowell has a win on this on this event. Hmm. Now, so those are four. Those are three guys that you wouldn't. Yeah, Carlos Ortiz, you'd expect him to yeah. contend. But Perez and, and G Mac, you wouldn't. Yeah, correct. Now, do I expect that out of them? I don't know. Now, we talked about him earlier. Charles Al the third. Charles Al the third. I believe if you look back at the last ten years of this event being played, he has the highest, the lowest total score of anybody. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I think if you look back, he's got like. We're talking, we're talking like nine or ten top ten finishes at this event. Steady Eddie. Steady, expect, that's, 
Wouldn't expect anything else from him, right? That's what he does all career. <laughs> yeah, now thinking about this, looking at this, how crazy is it that there's only 48 golfers on live, and mm-hmm. they have two golfers that are the third. Charles Howell the third, Harold Vaughn the third. <laughs> no juniors, but two thirds. Uh, uh, they got to work on it, guys. Just, Come a on. Little, just a little tidbit that I saw looking at the roster right here. Anybody else you think could? There's one that you might be surprised by. He had a runner-up finish a few years ago and actually did have a top 10 uh, a few years before that. And that's Danny Lee. Really? Yes, Danny Lee was the runner-up in 2018. Maybe that's why the Ironheads signed them, so they could get a head start on the competition. (laughs) They're like, please, we just need one good event. (laughs) (laughs) One good event before you get hurt again. Now, that was 2018, and it was a runner-up finish to Matt Kuchar. Okay. he, He played very well. He had a score that would have won the event in several other years. So this is a, an event that this is a course that Danny Lee's confident on. Okay. That's at least a start. And you know, and honestly, Kevin Na, I, I saw his Twitter and Instagram. He's really been grinding lately. So I, 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 honestly, I can see him put. You know, I, I don't. I don't expect a lot out of them, but you know, I could see him. You know, getting up there and, and getting some points for his team. I, I really hope so. Kevin Na, if you guys don't remember, he at was the first. At the end first... of the day, it will be good if every team has, you know, does something, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, sorry. And, Go ahead. No, you're right, though. And Liv wants parity, right? They want parity. They want, they don't want, you know, Dustin Johnson to win seven events this season. Yes. Right? That's, that's bad for the league. You know, is it, is, it, is it sound cool for Dustin Johnson? Yeah, but that's bad for Liv Golf. Yep. Because um, it shows that there's no competition for Dustin Johnson. I just want to... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good. And it's exactly the right thing, though. I mean, you have to have competition. You want parity, yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to look at Danny Lee's recent history, um, so I just pulled it up on official World Golf Ranking. Uh, at the Genesis, he missed the cut. Mm-hmm. Phoenix tied 57, cut. He made a tied for 16th at the American Express, tied for 48 at Sony, and then tied for 21st at the RSM Classic, missed cut at the Houston Open. Tied for 64th in 2022 at Mayakoba. So, honestly, he's not horrible. He's making cuts, and he's obviously staying healthy if he's playing all these events recently. So, who knows? Maybe Danny Lee will surprise us. Well, and remember, uh, a lot of the events that you just named off are events that you're going to have the PGA stacked field at. Yeah. Um, So, you just mentioned the Genesis. The Genesis is is one of these. I know we're we're 54 Live, a Live Golf podcast, but. You got to say one thing. You could thank Liv because these elevated events on the PGA Tour are going to be amazing this year, and that's because of exactly no it two is. ways to cut it. You know, like you saw this the field this week. You're going to have another eleven tournaments like that, or ten tournaments left like that because of what Liv did. Exactly. It used to be a thing where the pros would basically cherry pick events. Like, hey, is Rom playing here this week? No, he's not. Okay, I'm signing up. Yep. And that was kind of what happened. Yeah. And honestly, it, and it would be happening right now because nobody wants to play up against Rom. And you saw Max Homo, like he, he played great and you saw the emotions out of him yesterday. You know, he wanted to win with his family, you know, in, in, on the course because they weren't when he won when around COVID. But Rom mm-hmm. is just, just killing it. That, that dude is insane right now. He is. Now, looking on to the rest of the season, March 16th to the 19th. March 16th to the 19th, they go into Tucson. Um, 
March 31st to April 2nd, Orlando, and then the big event in Australia, April 21st to the 24th, Adelaide. Um, that should be an amazing event. The, the, the start of the year is going to be wonderful. Yeah. I, the, right after that, they go to Singapore, April 28th to the 30th. So those two events are close together. So these guys don't have to travel back to the States, whoever live in the States. And then you got a nice break around. Probably around the, uh, I don't know if it's before the PGA or after the PGA, Tulsa, um, May 12th to the 14th. Then you go to D.C. Trump National, the first of three Trump National courses uh, they'll play at this year, May 26th to the 28th, D.C. Then they head to Spain at the end of June, Valderrama, June 30th to July 2nd. Back to London, where it all started last year, July 7th to the 9th. They go to the Greenbrier, beginning of August, August 4th to the 6th. Back to Bedminster, another Trump National course. We were there last year to watch the event. It was great. Um, August 11th to 13th. Back to Rich Harvest Farms in Chicago, um, September 22nd to the 24th. And they did the same thing they did last year. They took four weeks off when the PGA Tour playoffs are going on. So, you know, who says that Lib doesn't care about the PGA, right? <laughs> They're, they're trying to. They're they're doing the right thing as yeah, far as scheduling. Exactly. Then they head to Miami, Doral, the last Trump course, October twentieth to the twenty second, and then the team event. Honestly, I, I I wish they kept team event at Doral, um, but they moved to Jeddah this year, November third to the fifth, um, Saudi Arabia. You know, Jeddah is a, a much more interesting course. I think to have it at. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Doral, and I and I'm actually thankful that Doral this year is a individual play. Mm-hmm. Because it's a meaner course. It's a course that somebody like like Phil Mickelson can win on. Yeah. And I'm and that's happy why that Doral's back in the rotation for some professional golf course. Everybody loves the Blue Monster. Absolutely. I, I was really hoping though that um Liv was going to, to negotiate and have a fourth Trump course this year and, and get get uh Turnberry, which is Scotland. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, sorry, I, if I'm getting it wrong, forgive me. There's one of the one of the fa- I believe it's Turnberry, but it's yeah, the, Trump it's, Turnberry. Yes, and it's it's one of the famous you know British Open rotation courses that they took away. That they took away. Yeah, yeah. because Trump owns it. Yeah, and so um, I was really hoping that they were going to go ahead and get that course on there because there needs to be golf at that course. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's in Scotland. Um, Trump Turnberry. Maybe next year they'll, they'll do it. They, they held the Open Championship four times, and I think they took it out of the Rota. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it got pulled from rotation the same way that all of the other Trump courses yeah, got pulled. 2015, the governing yeah. body of golf, the RNA announced that 2020 Open Championship would not be played at Turnberry, even though it has previously been considered likely to host a tournament. The RNA was unimpressed with several marks made by Donald Trump. So, yeah, so they pulled it. So, you know what? The PGA turned around, pulled all these courses from Trump's, uh, pulled all these events from Trump courses, and live. They saw an opening. And honestly, you got to admit, whether you like the man or don't like the man, he knows how to make a golf course. Well, no, he didn't make the golf courses, but he knows how to operate a golf course. And and, and one of the most important things is, is that people forget there's only so many courses in the world that actually have the facilities to host a golf event yeah. with the, with the way they drive the ball nowadays and the infrastructure to have you know media exactly. tents hospitality what happened well you, parking you need, and also just safe places for fans to stand yeah you need room 
Yeah. You know, you can't you can't do it at your local municipal course because then everyone gets KO'd every five seconds and someone tees off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like I was saying, like I, I played um I played one Trump course. I played Ferry Point. Oh, over, nice. Which is in the Bronx in New York. And yeah. honestly, like I never seen a, a nicer facility than that. You know, and I, I felt honestly playing that course, I felt like I was somewhere over in the UK or Ireland. Like the hills and and the way the fescue, the way they made it. It, it it truly felt like a Lynx course in the middle of the Bronx, which it, is it, crazy. When you're playing a course and it feels special, right? That's special because you're right. There are some golf courses that you play and you're just like, I'm, I'm playing golf. Exactly. But yeah, so uh, any of these courses pop out, stand out um, for you this year? Well, uh, Tulsa does only because uh, that's I, I, I live in Oklahoma City, so I'm going to be going to that event. <laughs> so, so you'll hold it down for Tulsa. I'll hold yeah. it down at the New Jersey event. Absolutely. And who knows? Maybe if the podcast picks up steam, we can meet in Miami for Durham. Oh, dang. Yeehaw. <laughs> I'd take that, right? Yeah, yeehaw, right? Definitely. But yeah, so we're approaching uh, 54 minutes here, 54 live. That should be a good time for us. Uh, to shut it down for episode one, season two, episode one. Uh, we will be back at it next week after Maya Cobra to go over the event, um, give you a little recap and our thoughts. I, I believe Jake will be with us as well. Um, but again, follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod. Follow Jake on Twitter. I don't have his handle on hand, but I will post it when I post the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be with you every week. There is a golf live golf tournament. Last year we had ten episodes. This year there's fourteen events. We'll probably have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen episodes, depending on what. Maybe a few previews, but definitely a recap for every single one. And uh, thanks, Jake, man. I, I love talking with you. I feel like this episode is going to get a lot of good traction because it was a lot better me having a conversation than me just rambling on for sixty minutes. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's a lot of fun to to bounce your to bounce your thoughts off, and just thank you guys for just uh, making live golf fun to talk about. Right? There, there is a great community out there, and, and you see it on Twitter. Like me and Jake met on Twitter. For everybody listening, uh, we don't know each other from a hole in the wall, but we've been talking to each other over the past few months about live golf, and there is a great live golf community on Twitter. People that are just excited about this, bouncing ideas off about each other. Did you see this? Did you see that? A lot of people that are very excited about Live, and I, I truly think that 2023 is a year that we will look back on. I know 2022 is when Live arrived, but I truly believe that in, when we look back in five years from now, they're gonna, we're going to say that 2023 is really the year that Live took off. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back with you next week. It's Digsy signing off for 54 Live. Uh, Jake, have yourself a good night, buddy. Absolutely. Good night, everybody.